the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in, Rob Black and everybody. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. I pledge if you listen, I'll do my very best to update you on all the types of information that you'll need to get there. For instance, we can start with a soft one, which Social Security income is this year in retirement. I'm talking monthly, so use that number in your head. It is $1,827. $1,827. Don't forget that in some states, that's going to be taxed. I'd say in most states. Um, but it's something you really got to think about. Is that enough? And if it's not, then you really got to start thinking, like, I need to supplement that. Um, teachers, they get a nice pension when they retire. So do firefighters. So do police officers. Um, people who work for the state often do as well. I would think long and hard with that number. You should look at it every year and say, is this enough? Now, I'll tell you who did have enough of a retirement package. Elon Musk. A judge has voided Elon Musk's unfathomable $56 billion Tesla pay package. And true to Elon Musk, he talks about wanting to leave the state of Delaware and incorporate it in Texas. I find that very Elon Musk, right? Is that fair of me to say, or is that me, me being rude? Um, Qualcomm's going to report earnings today, and that is a stock that does a lot of intellectual property licensing, and I'm interested in watching that. I own just a small amount. It's, uh, from all my tech stocks, it's, it's probably one of my smaller positions, which is still a pretty nice-sized position, so I will be watching that one. Um, I think that's important to tell you, because you may think you know what I am as an investor. But every now and then I might surprise you. Yesterday, um, well, let's let's stay with the Elon Musk thing for a couple more seconds. Tesla stock is falling based on the idea that the judge said that's too much money. Now, he basically went on to say the board of directors is in his back pocket. Um, she said she was critical of Tesla's corporate governance. It is an important president for corporate governance. Um, the ruling creates an overhang for Tesla, and that's maybe why the stock's going down. Tesla's board will have to do something. Remember last week, Elon Musk said, I am uncomfortable if I don't own 25% of the company. World's second richest man is uncomfortable. Um, how important is he? Wall Street is saying... The judge may have got this one wrong. 
in the sense that he may say, well, I'm going to start another car company or something stupid like that. You know, <clears throat> he may leave. So that's why the stock's down today. Um, you would imagine when a judge steps in and says that a $56 billion pay package is too much, that that's shareholder friendly corporate governance. Not necessarily. It's only down about 3% for the record. It's, but that's still a lot of billions of dollars. So that's one of the big stories out there today. Wednesday, it's one of my favorite days because that's when I get to interview Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com coming up a little later in this program. Paramount stock is surging on Byron Allen bidding for the media company. So it could be acquired. We all knew that. Combined with the assumption of Paramount's debt, the bid's worth about $30 billion. It represents a hefty premium in trading. The bid from the Allen Media Group comes on the heels of speculation that independent film studio Skydance Media was also in talks to talk take Paramount private. Paramount was trading up 15% on the news, jumped to over 20% as the morning unfolded. But the stock's down 44% in the past year. I don't watch a lot of streaming. Um, I watch plenty of TV. I'm not denying that. I just, I don't get to Paramount and the Peacock. It's just, they're a little too far. They're a little too deep. In the bullpen of choices. So I would go, that's also an investment lesson. I don't really need to own the fifth best streamer. I'd rather own number one or number two if I'm going to own a streamer at all. Which right now I do not own any streamers directly. Again, some of these stocks are in the SP 500, so I own them kind of in a backdoor passive way. As do most Americans. You know, I think that's fair to you know, chime in one last little chime. Chime! Um, interesting. What do Oreos tell us about our economy? Mondelay, who makes Oreo cookies, said they, they sold lower amounts of products in the fourth quarter as inflation takes its toll on the consumer demand. So they're saying the fourth quarter of the year that things are slowing. We're just in the first month finishing of the first quarter. So fourth quarter, first quarter. There's four quarters in a year. I think that's the expectation for a lot of retail companies. People are looking at how much they're spending. And it brings up question marks. You know, my grocery bills are crazy more expensive in the last two years. I got teenagers, so they're eating more for sure. But it's also the cost of food. So, and uh, have you seen red meat? Some stores have fillets at $30 a pound, $32 a pound. And it's like, whoa. I remember when I was younger, they were $19 a pound. And that was a special occasion. So back to Mondelay. They're a big maker of um, packaged goods. They said commodity prices in cocoa, sugar, and butter continue to rise. Abnormal weather patterns and supply chain issues are disrupting global output. Food stocks were hit hard during the summer as investors started to worry that weight loss medications like Ozempic and Wagovi 
could drastically reduce consumers' calorie consumption and hurt the business. It's weird to think of the world as having X amount of calories that we'll eat and then X minus maybe 10% or 20% of calories that we'll eat if we're on weight loss drugs. Only one-third of Model A sales is generated in North America, which means the company is less exposed to the obese consumers in the United States. If we are one thing in the United States, if we are nothing, we are obese uh, compared to other nations. So it's kind of an interesting one, right? Anyhow, and anyway, I got a big event coming up February 15th. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. It's a big event. It is a free event. It is the last time we're going to be doing the seven steps for retirement readiness that the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park, California, Thursday, February 15th, 630 to 830. Come on out and see it, 6.30 to 8.30 and the Menlo Park, um, Sanford Park Hotel. You can learn more at robblackshow.com. The seven steps for retirement readiness. Can you finish them? I'm Rob Black. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, February 15th in Menlo Park for a live event. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness, Thursday, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all 7 tests? Sign up online today at robblackshow.com. Remember how in the first segment, I was talking a little bit about Social Security income. It counts as income. I'm not throwing out the number of dividends that you're going to be getting. I'm not throwing out the number of pension money. Just Social Security is $1,827 on average to the American. So that starts you know, playing in your head a lot of things. How much do you think you'll need for retirement? It's a great question, right? And do you have a great answer? Americans think they'll need, how much do you think? What does the, if we're getting $1,800 in social security, how much in stock or assets that you'll need? Maybe your 401k is you know going to be a large chunk of that. What do you think you'd need to say, I'm done, I'm finished, I can live off this till the day I die? I can tell you, when I was young, 18 to 25, the magic number in my head was $1 million. Now it's a little bit higher than that. So, But that was the consensus for the longest period of time. The true answer is $1.9 million for retirement is what people believe now they'll need for retirement. So this was done through a research poll of over 1,000 interviews with people who were in 401k plans between the age of 21 and 70. Schwab did the same survey in 2019, three years ago, four years ago, I guess. Good golly, four and a half years ago now, right? Time flies. Oh, I remember when 2019 was just a year away, a year ago. 
anyway, that uh, four and a half years ago, we thought 1.7 million. What happened in between? Probably inflation, right? Probably uh, people looking a little tougher at the economy and a little bit tougher at their 401k. Maybe COVID-19 created a little more uncertainty in people's heads. We went through a tremendous amount of stress at work and our home lives. 401k plan participants say they still face numerous challenges. 61% said they need the type of professional advice a financial advisor can provide, including help calculating a retirement savings goal, investing, creating income in retirement, and planning for taxes in retirement. So the prospect of $1.9 million, how does that make you feel? Tax-advantaged accounts like 401ks or 403bs, 457s, they help you enormously build a nest egg over the years. If you work for 30 to 40 years and you put in $166 here and you know 5000 here and 10000 in one year, you'll, it's, it starts to add up. It starts, starts to compound. With a 401k, a 403b, a 457, you could put in $19,500. You get a $6,500 catch-up permitted for people 50 and over. I take advantage of that. So I'm still maxing out my 401k. Um, and I plan to for the foreseeable future. Every three years, the Federal Reserve examines the changes in U.S. family finances including how much people have saved in retirement. Right now, people between the ages of 35 and 44, the median is $51,000 saved. Are you there? If you're between the ages of 35 and 44, that's under saving in my opinion. If you're between the ages of 45 and 54, the median is $90,000. If you are between 55 and 65, the median is $120,000 and you're running out of time to work. You're running out of time to save from your income that you work. So those numbers aren't anywhere near 1.9 million or on pace for 1.9 million. Now, the person who's in the best position is oddly enough, the youngest person. Um, when, you know, I told you people between 35 and 44, a 35 year old who's got 51,000 is going to need to stock away $900 per month over the next 30 years to reach that 1.9 million, a 45 year old with $90,000, which is the median right now would need to stock away $2,500 a month to get that 1.9 million, a 55-year-old who has 120000 saved would need some serious money. $9,000 a month to hit that goal. So in our head, we know Social Security is $1,800 a month. Most people can't live off that. Maybe, I don't know, let's be mean to Oklahoma. Maybe in you know the far reaches corners of town with 10 people in Oklahoma. Maybe. Maybe if you're eating cat food, I I don't know. But you can see what we know we need to get to 1.9 million versus where we are now. 35-year-old has roughly 51,000. 45-year-old has roughly 90,000. A 55-year-old has roughly 120,000. 
a million bucks isn't what it used to be. Now it's, you know, like I said, 1.9 million. Building it up a uh, nest egg that large will likely take time and planning. It highlights the importance of starting in your 20s. I know that there's people that are within earshot right now. They go, oh boy, that's not good news. And what I'm going to tell you is maybe you're going to have to work past your retirement years. That's not a horrible thing. Um, I plan to only because I don't have friends and I have very few friends is the right way of saying that. I don't actively pursue a social life with my friends is the right way of saying that, right? Fair. I don't want to sound terrible about myself. I'm so sad. I don't have friends. Um, but I'm going to have to figure it out. One. Uh, and probably what it's going to mean is teaching to give me purpose and or continuing to do podcasts. Uh, maybe some sort of combination. I don't know. Did that segment hit you? Do you feel like you have, are you on the path to 1.9 million? And again, if you're retiring in San Francisco or LA or New York City or Washington, D.C., 1.9 million is not going to be enough. So if you want a consultation with a financial planner to see where you are, if you're on track, I can do that for you. If you want to come to the event, Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness, uh, you can learn more by going to Rob Black Show. It's in Menlo Park, February 15th, 6.30-8.30. We do give you that financial snapshot. We guarantee that is part of the whole package. So sign up. It's free. RobBlackShow.com. For more information about EP Wealth, visit RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Show dedicated dedicated to getting you to retirement. Um, again, we're kind of playing with some big numbers. The average American will probably need $1.9 million in retirement. And yet, they're not on pace for $1.9 million. Uh, with that said, you're going to have to supplement that Social Security, which is going to average right now about $1,850 a month. You're going to have to get a lot more money to get up to that uh, $1.9 million in assets to help supplement the Social Security. Today, we got a lot going on, but let's go to the one, the only, Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Patrick, it's earnings season. You must be up to your eyeballs in earnings right now. Yeah, right. Good morning, Rob. You know, this is one of those mornings where, you know, you, you finish that early commentary about 8 a.m. East um, uh, Chicago time where we're located and uh, you feel like you've already done a day's work. There's <laughs> just uh, so much news to, to pour through today. Uh, earnings, you know, top of the list, obviously, but uh, a whole lot of other news going on out there, too. Yeah, the big earnings that I think everyone is pay attention to right now are the, the Magnificent Seven. Tesla kind of underwhelmed, and then we got two more last night, Microsoft and Alphabet, maybe a wannabe Magnificent Seven, AMD as well. These are companies that have had a big charge up in the last 90 days and in the last 15 months, and they've been carrying the S&P 500 because we keep talking about what the S&P 500 would be without their contribution, and it's, it's pittance. Um, what do you do you think about the Microsoft Alphabet and AMD numbers last night? Is the party over um, for the Magnificent Seven? No, I don't think the party is over. I think the results were were just fine, really. Um, I think what we're running up against here, though, is as you alluded to, these stocks had a huge run. So you mm-hmm. you know basically the good news was priced in to these names and. 
And, uh, you know, in the case of like Microsoft and AMD, the guidance they offered, you know, it was fine. It just wasn't, you know, like knock your socks off. Okay. But, um, but they're still growing very nicely in their key growth areas. Um, and, you know, I think you just got a bit of a pullback here that's been overdue. Um, you know, when you just look at, uh, you know, some of the parabolic moves they've made. Um, and, you know, to, to me, I think the most encouraging thing today out of their weakness is that the broader market's holding up just fine. Um, And what I mean by that is you look at the, uh, you know, the market cap weighted S&P 500, which obviously feels the full weight of the losses in these larger cap companies is down about 0.9% where the equal weighted uh, S&P 500 is only down about 0.2% today. Um, so what that suggests is there's not a lot of fear and loathing over what was heard from these uh, mega cap names uh, last night, uh, and uh, there's still a willingness to kind of, you know, uh, rotate into other areas, if you will, that some see as more attractively valued or certainly haven't had the same run-up in price that these stocks have had. Let's talk about one of the funnier, or I call it a funny story. You may not, but it, it, I find it entertaining um, a Delaware judge has voided Elon Musk's unfathomable $56 billion Tesla pay package that the judge said was not fair to shareholders. Elon Musk instantly went on X and sent out a tweet that said, should we incorporate in Texas? Uh, what do you think about a judge in Delaware saying what a company can and cannot or should or should not pay its CEO from, I guess, the board of directors governance side of the fence? Well, you're going to get me into some hot water, Rob, I think, <laughs> with the question. Um, you know, I, it, you would think that your board of directors and, and ultimately your shareholders, you know, would would be able to dictate those, those items. Um, you know, when I take a step back, though, and you, you uh, hear about the compensation package that was on the table there, um, you know, you have an argument on Mr. Musk's side when you look at, you know, just how much value creation there has been in, in Tesla under his leadership. But you can't miss the fact that he's not a one-man company either. Um, you know, there are a lot of other employees that help make Tesla run and probably, you know, are essential. You just don't hear about them because Mr. Musk obviously has a lot of other interests out there that are going to preoccupy his time at you know, more so um, in some situations than others. Um, so when you, you know, hear about a $56 billion compensation package relative to what maybe someone working, you know, the assembly line at Tesla is making, you know, you can see where it creates some dismay, in, in, certainly in the worker class. But, um, you know, aside from, you know, just that observation, I, I don't have an you know, opinion on, you know, whether it should be a judge, you know, making this ruling or not. It's, it's happened. I mean, they're going to have to deal with it. And then, you know, we'll see what, what goes from here. I will throw down a dollar that uh, Tesla moves to Texas sooner rather than later. That's just the way <laughs> that man seems to operate. Um, yeah. Now, the Fed is meeting today, and they may not consider Elon Musk one day being unemployed, but... They are probably looking at a lot of jobs numbers. What do you expect the Fed to do today? Or maybe what do you expect the Fed to say later today? 
Yeah. Well, um, we like the market. We don't expect the Fed to do anything with the target rate for the Fed funds rate. You know, that should stay unchanged at five and a quarter to five and a half percent. But we do think the policy directive is going to signal a a shift, so to speak, uh, to away from a tightening bias. Uh, it will introduce some type of neutral sounding language uh, that essentially kind of paves the way or gives the Fed some room to cut rates if it so chooses to do so. And I think the kind of the uh, the line of thinking that we'll hear from Fed Chair Powell is that, you know, the Fed has optionality now in that respect where maybe it didn't before. And, you know, he's going to be pointing to some improving inflation data, improving inflation expectations data, some, some softening, uh, it looks like in terms of the, you know, the labor market, um, you know, as a basis to kind of keep thinking anyway that policy is getting things done the way the Fed would hope it would get done. And, um, you know, but I think too, the Fed, is going to be cognizant about how easy financial conditions have gotten uh, of late. Uh, when you look at the stock market trading at record highs, when you look at the decline in market rates, um, you know, I think they're going to be, uh, I don't know, fearful is the wrong word, but obviously I think a little bit concerned about maybe, um, you know, greasing the engine here uh, with a rate cut happening in the very near term. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't think the Fed's going to want to uh, give the market a straight shot into believing that it's absolutely going to cut rates in March. Um, probably keep the Fed, uh, the market on its toes a little bit there. Um, but I think overall uh, there'll be some language and some tonality that implies that you know a rate cut will happen this year, uh, so that real interest rates don't you know keep policy in a overly restrictive level at a time when perhaps the economy is slowing and then you have the lag effect of all those other rate hikes gathering momentum. So the Fed probably going to hopefully or try to be anyway a little bit proactive in managing that transition. Okay, okay. Um, now we have three more of the Magnificent Seven reporting on Thursday. Fed rate cut probably is potential gasoline to stoke the fire of the stock market in the coming year. When it does potentially happen, maybe another three of the Magnificent Seven can show something positive to reignite our interest. But for today, the markets are a little bit off on the Magnificent Seven. Um, what are your thoughts on Walmart doing a three-for-one stock split? When I saw that yesterday or late last night, and I saw it on briefing.com for the record, um, I was like, this is so 2000, 1999. We haven't had a lot of stock splits in the last 20 years. It's kind of, um, and I, I think if Magnificent Seven were to do some stock splits, I, I would think the retail investor would get excited again. Yeah, I was kind of almost uh, thinking that you know, maybe you get one out of Microsoft, right? Yeah, um, but I, me too. You didn't get that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Walmart, you know, coming through. And, and I think it's kind of fitting, you know, obviously it doesn't do anything to affect the valuation or, um, change the earnings at all for, for Walmart. But um, but I think it's an indicative of kind of like, you know, Walmart's mission is, you know, in terms of keeping prices low, <laughs> so to speak, to make them make things more affordable to a, a mass population. Um, and in this case, 
you know, it looks at a, you know, a nominal price when you split it three for one, um, you know, when you're at 55, 60 bucks a share instead of where the stock is right now. It just is kind of easier to, to, to take in for a lot of um, uh, retail investors, certainly, when you see a lower price like that, even though it, it means nothing in terms of changing the valuation for the company. But, um, but I think it's, it's kind of in keeping, you know, with, you know, with its mission there to, you know, be accessible and affordable for, for more people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that carries over here in terms of the investor class as well. We've got about less than a minute. Any final thoughts that you want to tip in, sir? Well, I mean, this, there's just a huge week of news here, and we're not yep. done, obviously, yet. Uh, you got Apple, Amazon, and Meta after the close on Thursday, but, and then we roll into the uh, employment report for January on, on Friday. Um, so I think, you know, certainly by the end of this week, um, I think the, the market will have a, a, a stronger sense here of whether it's on the right track with its rate cut expectations, which, you know, still kind of hover right around six rate cuts this year. Um, and we'll get a lot of important messaging, obviously, from the Fed today. So plenty of wait and see as it relates to the news cycle, but it's going to be a lot to write about uh, when I come around to the big picture column this Friday. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news, especially tied towards investing that you can use. Check it out at Briefing.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit RobBlack.com. That's RobBlack.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Microsoft and Alphabet had earnings last night. Microsoft is trading... Pretty much so flat, a little bit lower, but we're talking like 1%. This was Microsoft's first quarter to include its recent Activision Blizzard um, acquisition. Um, Azure, it grew 28 plus percent in constant currency. It was above prior guidance of 26 to 27%. This includes six points of growth from AI services. Both AI and non-AI Azure services drove the outperformance. A few things really stand out. Azure's constant currency growth rate had been getting smaller for many consecutive quarters. This was not un- entirely unexpected because we know that Azure's grow- Azure as a platform is growing in size and that AI is a big part of that. A lot of um, startup companies are turning to Microsoft's Azure so that they can get access to Microsoft's chat GPT and artificial intelligence tools. Another thing that stands out was the solid guidance for the March quarter. Management expects it to be stable with the second quarter outperformance. I interpret the guidance at 28%, which is amazing. It's unbelievable, but a lot of that is priced into the stock. If you were to put a gun to my head and say, you have to buy a Magnificent 7 stock, oh, I can find one, but it may not be Microsoft or NVIDIA. Again, I like buying stocks on dips, 5 10 15%. Love it. If I can get 20%, 25% like we got in the year 2022, it's, it's sometimes a steal. In my opinion, consult a broker advisor for taking action on anything you ever learn on the show. I'm not you. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of their AI services. They do have better than expected growth in long-term contracts. In its consumer business, the PC and advertising markets were generally in line with expectations. PC market volumes continued to stabilize at pre-pandemic levels. Activision contributed roughly four points to total revenue growth, 
with a two-point drag on adjusted earning income and a negative five cents impact to earnings per share due to dilution of shares. Microsoft reported upside in productivity and business process and intelligent cloud. Um, with its more personal computer segment on the high end of prior guidance, I really care about Microsoft on the enterprise level more so than on the consumer level. Um, but when you piece together all the parts of Microsoft, it performed really, really well. Now we're going to learn a little bit more. And I think this bodes well for Amazon, Amazon web service segment, which is set to report tomorrow night in terms of the muted reaction. It's possible the smaller upside and inline guidance versus upside guidance. The last time is having an impact. Um, I am not disappointed with Microsoft's numbers. I'm not disappointed that their stock isn't doing anything. I own shares of Microsoft. It's one of my highly concentrated positions. Um, and what's funny about that was when I bought the shares, it wasn't meant to become the high, uh, what, it, what it is. It's just been such a great performer over the last 30 years. So taking a look, it's down 1.3% today, sitting at 402. It's expensive. It may have to take half a year off. It may have to buy back some shares. It may have to come out with some new product announcements. It may have to wait for the Fed Reserve to cut interest rates, which a lot of tech stocks actually don't do well in the falling in tech and uh, in falling income environment, in the falling interest rate environment. Um, who do I want to look up real quick? Google. I know uh, they too reported numbers. They're down six percent. Now, again, I said I like buying some of these stocks when they're down 5, 10, 15%. And here's one that's down 6%. Um, a little bit of stuff that you need to know about um, Alphabet is stocks dropping today, disappointing fourth quarter advertising revenue. And again, advertising revenue, it's, it's not really you. It's the businesses on the other side and how well they're being sold to. So Alphabet's really worried about enterprise clients. Google parent Alphabet. Um, I hate the name Alphabet. I just wish they would have kept the name Google, but they started coming up with so many little small companies. Maybe they can go back to it one day. Uh, they, their generation and the generative AI tools were implemented amongst their search and their ads. Um, analysts think they're going to be tailwinds to growth. Fourth quarter results suggest search growth likely continues to decelerate despite a strengthening overall ad environment. And we'll be watching whether new generative AI to add tools improve Google's search revenue trajectory. One analyst has a $168 price target on the stock um, and maintained his buy rating saying, you know, across the trends of Google Cloud, YouTube, and subscriptions, um, the broader advertising environment continues to strengthen. I love YouTube, for the record. YouTube and YouTube TV, um, they work for me. So I don't need Comcast and 900 channels. Um, I will say that YouTube TV, it used to be really cheap at $40 a month. So if you were one of the first people to subscribe in the first three months, you got locked into that price. Pretty good deal. Um, Alphabet is a member of the Magnificent Seven. So on Thursday, we're going to get earnings after the market from Meta and from Apple and from Amazon. So far, I would say 
Alphabet and Tesla disappointed, I would say. Microsoft didn't, but they weren't crazy bullish going into the next quarter. They were bullish. They just weren't crazy bullish. Um, Tesla trades at 59 times earnings. NVIDIA trades at 29 times earnings. Apple trades at 27 times earnings. Alphabet trades at 20 times earnings. And there's all forward earnings. So out of the four there, I see Alphabet as the most attractively priced. I see the most upside in the next year in Amazon and Alphabet. Maybe I'm pretty neutral on NVIDIA. I, I own the stock. And it's growing way faster. It has a similar PE to Apple, but it's growing way faster than Apple. Apple's going to announce a new watch this year that could probably do blood pressure. That may be a catalyst down the road. Start thinking down the road of what's next for these guys. Interest rate cuts, new product, uh, share buybacks. You get the idea. Big event coming up February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. The seven steps for retirement readiness. Let's climb those stairs together. Let's get to retirement. Learn more. It's going to be in Menlo Park February 15th. 630 to 830 at com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, February 15th in Menlo Park for a live event. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, and investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness, Thursday, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all 7 tests? Sign up online today at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.